Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of our brand new HW show called Jim and Ted's Excellent Movie Adventure. You guessed it. I'm joined by the one and only Ted Brown. Ted, how's it going, man? Hey, man. Doing well, doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good, dude. I'm pretty excited for this show because it's like I love talking about hockey, dude. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like sometimes I need a little break and something else that I enjoy doing is watching movies and, and some cinema as some might call it. And I know you do too. You know, we discuss movies a lot in uh, DMs on Twitter and seemed like a good idea. And I'm happy to finally start a show about movies with you, dude. Hey, right back at you. Cool. So, you know, we've discussed a bunch of movies and for our first movie to actually, you know what? Why don't we wait to get into the movie that we're going to cover in this, in our very first episode, you know, let's talk about a little bit about our, our love for movies and you know, what kind of movies that you find yourself drawn to. Let's, let's learn a little bit about our, I don't know, our, our movie selves here, our movie personality selves here. What, what kind of movies are you drawn to Ted? And you know, what kind of movies do you enjoy? I'm drawn to movies that, first and foremost, if the story is gripping, if it makes me feel something, if it takes me on some sort of journey that seems worthwhile, then I'm all about it. It's all about the writing for me, first and foremost. Um, I mean, I like drama, comedy, pretty much any film genre. If it's written well, I'm going to watch it. How about yourself? Yeah, you know, you pretty much hit the nail on the head for me as well. And that, that's really interesting because it would seem that we have a lot of similar movie tastes. And at the same time, you know, for I guess for an example like me, uh, we discussed a movie like uh, Parasite. And, and you really enjoyed that. But for me, that's kind of like on the other end of the spectrum where it was really hard for me to pay attention because of the subtitles. And it... it I not only could I not follow the the subtitles. I mean, I wish I I could sit there and and pay attention. It just seemed like it was very fast paced during a certain part of the movie. And as much as I wanted to know what was going on, I just it just couldn't hold my attention. But you really enjoyed that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, it um it it took a little bit of time to get used to the language and reading the subtitles, but. Within a couple of minutes, I just picked it up, and I was following along, captivated. That might be one I have to give another shot to, but, you know, let's go back to what you described here. So you mentioned words like gripping. You like to feel something. You like to be taken on a journey. So good story. You mentioned writing. That's kind of the same for me, you know. Uh, it's funny because growing up, I was really into movies, like a lot of, you know, typical meathead action movies. And I call them meathead. I mean – they're, action movies for me, especially growing up in our era, they were like Stallone, Schwarzenegger's, uh, even some Statham movies. You know, we're going to be talking about a Statham movie. I guess it, I don't even know if Snatch can be considered a Statham movie because there's so many characters in it. But I'm thinking of movies like Translator and, and what, I'm sorry, Transporter. Um, they were kind of like mindless movies, if if you know what I'm saying there, like you didn't really have to think about anything to know what was going on. Right. Yeah. 
So it was funny because growing up, I really enjoyed those. It was kind of, I guess, almost like an escape or something. But nowadays, it's like I can't watch those movies anymore. Anything that has to do with like a bank heist and, you know, uh, cops and robbers and good guys, bad guys. It's really hard for me to pay attention to because they all kind of end the same, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I know exactly what you're you're talking about there. And a a movie that comes to mind for me that I thought was – really creative and you know makes you think a little bit and you have to kind of get in the uh director's mind a little bit and you know see the story through their eyes was uh annihilation you you saw that right phenomenal movie phenomenal yeah and i watched that with my dad a couple weeks ago and it's interesting because we kind of had different tastes in movies where he he enjoys like more classic films like westerns and you know, uh, I'm thinking of guys like Clint Eastwood. Uh, who Who's the other guy? Uh, I can't John think Wayne. of his name. Yeah, he likes John Wayne. And there's one more guy, uh, Kurt. It's not Kurt Douglas, is it? He Kurt was, Russell? Kurt Russell, that's it. He enjoy, He likes Kurt Russell, guys like that. And uh, so I, I made him watch Annihilation with me. And he was like, yeah, yeah that's a little too much for me. Because I, I tried to explain to him what the uh, movie was about. And yeah. He just didn't seem like he enjoyed it at all. Whereas I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was. Um, it was very, very unique. I don't think I've ever seen a movie quite like it before. No, me neither. Yeah, I think it's based off a book series. Um, I think I read the first book a while back, and it's nothing like the book. I swear, it's like it just takes the template as a starting point of the book and just kind of goes off the deep end and creates its own little story. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. I just, see, I didn't know it was a book. Um, for those out there who are, are interested in a different movie, and it, it is kind of deep, right? It's not... I would say if you're looking for something light, an action movie or something like that, then I, I don't know if Annihilation is there. It is, it is kind of actiony. It's more drama, right? Yeah, it's drama, like existential dread, sci-fi. Yeah, like, it was Meryl, cool. It was different. Discord stuff like that. Yeah, and I had, I think it had a female lead in it. Why can't I think of who it was now? She played Padme in Star Wars, right? Yeah, Natalie Portman. That's it. I love Natalie Portman, too. I think she's great. Yeah, yeah she's a fantastic movie. actress. Yep. Yeah, so awesome movie. Uh, check out Annihilation. So let's get to our first movie here before we get too far off track. So we picked a movie. What we're going to do, guys, for future shows is we're going to pick a movie to talk about during the course of the show. We're going to watch a movie uh, before the show and then talk about it on the show. And... For our first ever episode, uh, Ted, why don't you announce the movie and, and begin a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, the movie we decided to watch was Snatch, written and directed by Guy Ritchie. And this movie, I, I think I saw it for the third time this past week in preparation for our podcast. And each time I noticed something different and interesting about it because the pace of the movie is so fast and it's so densely plotted that to me at least it takes a couple of viewings to fully understand 
exactly where they get from point A to point B to A to Z. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's like a lot of Guy Ritchie films are like that, if not all of them. Yeah, they're like thinking man, yep. criminal underworld movies. They're, yeah, I mean, there's like five, six things going on at once, and you're like, holy shit, how can I keep up with all this? And they <laughs> yeah. always kind of they always kind of end up meeting uh, towards the end of the movie, and and I love that because it's it's like you're watching like five separate movies, you know, like you you're seeing five separate stories, and then they all come together. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I do enjoy, uh, you know, some Guy Ritchie films. It's funny because I knew I had this movie, and I wanted to watch it um, ahead of time before we did the show. Yeah. Uh, earlier than <laughs> earlier than uh two hours before the show but uh i couldn't find the dvd and i thought what was funny is i could find every single guy Ritchie movie i owned except for snatch i found layer cake i found lock stock two smoking barrels uh there there's another one that he did uh i have a bunch of guy Ritchie movies man and then i looked for the second time because i tried to buy it off amazon prime and hulu because i have hulu but I guess yeah. I don't have the Hulu that I need to watch Snatch because I tried to watch it. I think it was over the weekend or when I um when I told you that I was trying to watch it and I couldn't find it or something. Uh, so I knew I had the DVD. Finally found it the third time I was looking for it. It was literally at the bottom of one of the boxes that I, I had when I moved into this house and never opened it up. The last DVD on the bottom. So found Snatch. Um awesome movie dude it was the first time i've watched it in probably has to be at least six or seven years now but it was probably the four it was one of my favorite movies for a long time so when you mentioned snatch i was like holy shit i haven't seen that in a minute and i was excited to watch it yeah it's um it is so much fun it's just fun 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 just from the first shot to the last pretty much and there's so many likable I don't even know if you could say. I think for me it was likable. Um, like I'm thinking of, obviously Mickey, one of the more fun characters in the movie. Uh, yeah, played by Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, dude. Like, you know, it was interesting. I guess because he's a boxer in the movie, he yeah. reminded. I kept going back and thinking of him in Fight Club for some reason. Uh, and I, I'm not sure. I think Fight Club came, came out before Snatch, right? Or no? Because I think Snatch came out in 2000. Yeah, I, I think. Didn't Fight Club come out in 99? Okay, so right next to each other. Because he, he had the same body type still. And I don't ever remember Brad Pitt being like that slim or, or that. I guess he's pretty ripped in, in that movie. I'm like, hey, it looks like he did in Fight Club. I wonder how close they are together. And they, I guess they're a year apart. But yeah, fast talking. Uh, what do they call them? Pikeys? Yeah, Pikey's like Irish. I guess that would gypsies. be the equivalent to like, oh, yeah, gypsies. Yeah, yeah, trailer park uh, people here. Interesting characters, fun characters, and then a guy that I sometimes people compare me to Jason Statham, and I always say, oh, it's because we're bald, right? So growing up, I was always a <laughs> I was always a big Jason Statham fan because like, oh, I look at this guy, I look like this guy. But uh, his character in this movie was not typically the character that he usually plays in movies. He usually kind of plays, you know, the alpha male, blah, blah, blah. And this one, he kind of played 
you know, the middle guy where he was kind of, he got beat up in one scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I thought I thought his role in this movie was interesting. His name was Turkish in the movie. Uh, what did you think of uh, Jason Statham's role? Jason Statham's role was pretty cool because, at least with my experience watching his movies, this is pretty unique in that it's not like the alpha male, like meathead character that he's playing. He's <laughs> just playing some regular guy who just happens to be a small time boxing promoter for like illegal underground boxing. But I mean, it's not like he's a bad guy. He's just, you know, going about his day trying to make a living. Yeah. Yeah. So to see him play that role was interesting for me. And let's touch on Brad Pitt's role a little bit more. Cause I didn't ask you about him. What did you think of his character, Mickey? The first time I watched it, I uh, just laughed pretty much every time he opened his mouth because you couldn't really understand what he's saying unless you put subtitles on, <laughs> like on purpose. It really was he's like an, it really was another language. Yeah, pretty much. And they even referred to it like the other guys' voiceovers were like, "Yeah, I think they do this on purpose so <laughs> they can scam people or just get a better deal." <laughs> the the line that always comes to mind for me when uh, Tommy and Turkish are. Going the box. I'm sorry, Tommy and uh, why can't I think of the tall guy now? The the boxer that got knocked out. Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. Yeah, when he's walking in the caravan, and he goes, "Do you like dags?" He's like, "What? <laughs> dog? <laughs> dags?" He goes, "Yeah, dags. Oh, dogs. Classic line there." Yeah, that gets me every time. Yeah, me too. So yeah, Brad Pitt's role I, I thought was great. Played a, a great role, and it's funny because in these movies, like they they're not really. Play, like like we mentioned with uh, Statham, like Brad, even Brad Pitt's role wasn't like a prominent, like standout star role. It was almost like a complimentary role, right? Yeah, the movie is pretty much an ensemble piece, uh-huh. where there's just a bunch of different actors. Like you've seen them in pretty much a bunch of other things, but they're putting the story in such a way that they all pretty much contribute to it at kind of like the same level if that makes any sense yeah absolutely yeah it doesn't really have a a, like a top dog star they all have their their role in the movie and they play a part i think that's what makes it so great there's so many so many great actors in this movie and they all just play their part they play their role a guy that i think always gets forgotten about in this movie and it's my personal favorite character is mm-hmm. uh Benicio Del Toro's character, Frankie Four Fingers. I love him in this movie, dude. He is always a top draw for me whenever I see a movie when he's in it. Because every one of his characters are completely different from the one he played before. He's kind of one of those chameleon actors, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's so good at what he does, and he can just disappear into the role and bring truth and believability to whatever he's doing yeah and that's that's exactly what he did i mean right away when they when they're you know they're dressed up as the uh i don't know what to call them the jewish uh the jewish man jews i think yeah and they're getting ready to rob who what's that guy's name man i'm so bad i just watched the movie and i forget everybody's name was it was his name frank not frankie who's the jewish bank guy that they rob um, putting you on the spot. I'm not sure. 
But it was in Antwerp where they yeah. stole the diamond. Yeah. Yeah, and he goes, where is the stone? I just love his character in that movie. Like, he, he's, like, real, like, chill and almost kind of, like, sneaky-like, you know? Like, he's just, like, a oh, greasy sure. a greasy bank robber type guy, a greasy diamond robber. Yeah, Benicio Del Toro, my favorite character, just because of the role that he played there. And then, yo, is it me or did Benicio Del Toro and Brad Pitt, can they be, like, the same guy? Don't they kind of look alike? A little bit. Del Toro is like a chubbier Brad Pitt. <laughs> All right, let's go with that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that, those are three huge names right there. Let me touch on Tommy. Oh, you know who else I really like? And I think I like him because he always kind of plays that, that like, dickish Italian, you know, mobster kind of role. Did you Have you ever seen Get Shorty? Yeah great movie I, I that's one of my favorites i feel like it's really underrated too with travolta and uh dennis farina's in that and that's who we're going to talk about um is uh i'm missing somebody else in that danny devito is not in that right who's the other guy or is it danny devito i'm not sure i'm gonna do a google search i don't remember it's been a while since i've seen that movie oh my god such an underrated movie the other guys i love it and it's not on a lot of people's like list because it's just such a random movie but Wait, I, the other guys are shorty or get shorty? I'm sorry, get shorty. Yeah, I say the other guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, because yeah. I could talk about that one forever. Get get, sh- get shorty. The other guys. Oh, the other guys. Oh, well, let's put that on the list. Yeah, yeah, Danny DeVito. Yeah, Danny DeVito. So he kind of plays like that um, dickish, like director or uh, type guy in that movie. Other guy. I'm sorry, I keep calling it the other guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get shorty. Great movie. Dennis Farina, who was in Snatch is also yep. in that movie and like i said he always kind of plays that that dirty like italian kind of mobster guy i think he, he plays a jewish mobster in in snatch i don't know why i, I always he, he kind of plays the same character in every movie he's in but i like him i don't know what it is yeah he there isn't a whole lot of or maybe maybe he does have range but maybe he was just at some point pigeonholed into this role and you're just like, you know what? I'm going to run with this because it's paying the bills. So yeah, let's let's continue playing the same guy. You know what I think I want to do just out of curiosity. And since this is a movie podcast, I'm going to go ahead and look up some Dennis Farina movies and I'm going to try to watch one over the weekend, but I want to find one where he doesn't play that mobster type role and see how he does. Yeah, do it. All right. Which character did you like the most in this movie? Brett Pitt's character, because he was so funny, and uh, he just kind of did whatever he wanted, regardless of what the other characters wanted him to actually do. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a dick. <laughs> Throw the fight. Um, knocks the guy out within 30 seconds in the first fight. Yeah. Throw the fight for real this time. Do it in the fourth round. Um he knocks the guy out <laughs> like the fourth round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked like he was going to stay down, right? And he, he goes underwater and everything. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool shot. It was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? So, what do you think that was about? I think it was just Guy Ritchie having some fun, being stylish, adding some flair to an already very stylish movie up to that point. Okay, so so maybe nothing deeper into that, just just for looks. 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that, that's my take from it anyway. Okay. Could it be that, you know, he he's thinking there's no real way out of this except for, you know, if he's if he's going to go down, he might as well do it his way, you know? Like, if, he, if he's going to sink, I, I don't know. Should he, should he stay down and drown, or should he fight back and try to see what happens? Yeah, yeah, I, I, can, I can see that for sure. Because I feel like Bricktop, who we didn't really talk about yet, Bricktop was probably going to kill him anyway, right? Like, he screwed him over once. Oh, yeah, he was definitely going to kill everybody there, yeah. Not so, like everybody at the fight, but just the right, right. main characters. Yeah, Turkish, uh, Mickey, and, and Tommy, yeah. Uh, so I'm wondering, like, if in that if in that moment while he's getting his ass whooped, he's like, you know what? If if I'm gonna go down, I'm I'm gonna go down my way, right? Just yeah. just a thought. So you're right. So he does end up knocking out the other fighter after uh, after four rounds. Taking it, he took his beating, got up. Uh, and what happened after that? And then um, Tommy, I don't even know what the character's name was for. Brad Pitt, they just called him Pikey the whole time, right? <laughs> yeah, so it was... Uh, Turkish, Tommy, and I don't know, we'll go with Pikey. <laughs> yeah, Mickey. Brad Pitt, yeah, so Brad Pitt's character oh, yeah. is uh, Mickey. Mickey, yeah, yeah, that's yep. right. Sounds like Pikey. So uh, <laughs> so those three, they just kind of hightail it out of there because they know that uh, they're pretty screwed by the events happening, and they get out there... But some of the other Pikeys are waiting for uh, Bricktop, and he opens up. He gets the guy to open up the car door for him. It's like, come on, like he needs a gun or whatever. It's like, yeah, you can have a gun, and he just shoots him, and it's mm-hmm. the Pikeys. And they also killed all the guys at the um, at the campsite too. That's right. Yeah, yep. because um, Bricktop, like an asshole, burned down Mickey's mom's caravan while she was sleeping in it do you think that he intentionally meant to kill her because i'm thinking about that while i'm watching the movie and i'm like is that too far or is that kind of bricktop's intention the entire time i mean it's too far and it's totally in line with what bricktop has shown himself to be which is a ruthless killer who doesn't really care about whose lives he ruins or destroys. Right. Yeah, because the first couple times I watched that movie, it must not have been a part that I would remember. But after watching it this time, I'm like, holy shit. Like, his mom was pretty much, you know, the reason why he was fighting. He kept, anytime he made a wager or, you know, was due payment, he always caravan for my mom caravan for my mom whether <laughs> whether that was bullshit or not you know it, it was i think it was trying to translate that you know this guy really cares about his mom and exactly, so yeah. yeah so when she was you know murdered in the fire it was like oh shit like he's gonna he's gonna go nuts now because what else does he have like his mom was his his mom was um you know it was his mom yep so i i had forgotten about that and i'm like wow I, He's going to flip. Yeah. So what were your, I know we didn't really discuss this before the show, but what were some of your favorite lines from the movie? If you, if you can remember any off the top of your head. One we mentioned earlier, 
uh, you like dags? <laughs> yeah. We used to say that when we were younger. And looking back, I'm like, man, that was probably so annoying when I was. When, when did this movie come out? In 2000? And 2000? So yeah, I, I think I saw it when I was in high school. So I must have been 16, 16, 17. Just an annoying little shit yelling about dags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Um... The one line Bricktop says, like, something about the Virgin Mary, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not going to ask you to come twice or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I, I remember that. That was so great. Yeah, there's some good ones. How about, uh, I can't remember the exact line, but when he's telling the guys, he's explaining to them how many pigs uh, it takes to eat a human body and, and, and what amount of time. I thought that was like a really cool part, and not cool, but you know, like a part where he's kind of showing his power. Like, if a man o- owns pigs, you want to find out how many he's got. If he's got at least sixteen, you know he's into something he shouldn't be because he's using the pigs to clean up evidence. Yep. Right and now, and now every time I see a pig farm, I'm gonna be like that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he's up to no good. Yeah. Well, who are some of your least favorite characters? Um, I don't know least favorite character, but just kind of like useless was uh, Tyrone. <laughs> he was. I mean, he was just a bumbling idiot. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, all you got to do is just drive us here. And he's like backing up into trucks that are like parked behind him and stuff the worst and he's getting lost and it's just like oh man this guy i mean the actor did a good job with it I, I believed i believed him but that character is just like oh man you're just kind of useless bud <laughs> yeah. you know what I, I i learned as i got older was the more you don't like a character so i think there's a difference here for everyone that's listening you know if you don't like a character that means the actor's doing his job, right? So, yeah. like, because I think some people are like, oh, I didn't like, I don't like this actor because of his character in this movie, or I don't like how he played this character. And there's a difference there because you can not like how he played the role, or you can not like his character in the movie. And for me, it's like, if I find myself really hating a character, I'm like, holy crap, this guy's really doing his job because I really dislike this character. You know, as opposed to, I don't know, like a guy like Nicolas Cage. I don't know about you, but I can't stand Nicolas Cage, man. You know, his early work from his career was great, but now he's just like picking up crap movie after crap movie and he's just kind of winging it. Lingering. Yeah, I don't get it. Me neither. My my mom used to like him when I was younger, but uh, nowadays I think the last Nicolas Cage movie, I actually maybe the only Nicolas Cage movie I ever saw in theaters was uh, you remember the Punisher with the with the cartoon skull head or whatever it was the animated skull head. Yeah, yeah. That was the only Nicolas Cage movie I saw in theaters. So yeah, that that's my example of uh, an actor where uh, I just am not crazy for no matter the role. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean. Just speaking about the acting in general with the movie, I didn't really think there was a weak link at all. I think they were all 
present and believable, and they brought a certain something to their characters and to the story that just worked, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know who I really actually liked was Bullet Tooth Tony? Yeah, Vinnie Jones. He's great. Yep. He Doesn't he have that, like, that tough guy, English gangster face? Like, he just has a face for English gangster roles. Yeah, man. And um, he is actually a former footballer. He used to play in the Premier League in England. Oh, no way. Yeah, he was a defensive midfielder. And, like, his acting roles later after he retired, he was a really tough player. I mean, he just looks like he could hurt you. Yeah, that's what I mean. He just looks like a like a tough dude. Yep. Yeah. So you're right here. That's pretty. That's interesting. So, yeah, he did. He played the midfielder from eight from 1984 to 1999 for Wimbledon, Leeds United, Sheffield United, Chelsea, Queens Park Rangers, and Wales. So he, I guess, he's Welsh. Yeah, like I think his grandfather, grandmother was welsh so he was able to play for the welsh national team wow get out of here yeah so i'm looking here it looks like his film career began i'm on wikipedia here so his film career began with lock stock and two smoking barrels and i have to go was another guy Ritchie movie yeah so i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that one because i really don't remember him in that uh and then continued with roles in mainstream films, films such as Snatch, which we just watched. Yep. Uh, gone in 60 Seconds. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't that a friggin' uh, Nicolas Cage movie? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so there's a weird connection there. Yep. Mean Machine in 2001. Have, did you see that by any chance? No. Oh, it's a, an adaptation of the 1974 American film The Longest Yard. So it looks like maybe it's a s- featuring association football. Okay, so it's the same thing, but but soccer. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mean Machine. Uh, he played the juggernaut in a 2006 film, X-Men Last Stand. How oh, about man, that? That movie was terrible. <laughs> I had no idea he was in X-Men. Yeah, I completely forgot. I mean, do you remember that um, ridiculous fake X-Men t- little video where all these people are like, I'm the juggernaut, bitch? <laughs> Was that him? Well, yeah, he, he actually said that in the movie. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that completely took me out of the movie because <laughs> I knew that that was from that ridiculous video. Oh, no, Everybody so- was saying that in high school. It's just like, oh, God. They put it in the movie because of that video? Well, I'm not sure if they actually did that, but, I mean, it just seemed like, oh, guys, no. come on. <laughs> yeah, that's too much. See, stuff like that would take me out of a movie. Like if it, Okay, yeah. here's another thing, and this is a little bit off topic, because movies like Snatch, you could, you could sneak humor into that movie, right? And it, it was still a great flick, whereas some of these action movies, and first let me ask you, are you a fan of all these uh, – comic book movies and whatnot like are, do you really enjoy them i do but um after a certain point it becomes a little bit too formulaic because you know that eventually 
in the final third of the movie, there's going to be this special effects extravaganza fight with the big bad guy. And it's like in every movie, pretty much. I mean, I think, to me at least, the best uh, like comic book action movies are um, the Dark Knight trilogy. Dark Knight Rises, not so much. I mean, there's some good stuff there, but the story kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, but Batman Begins and The Dark Knight were fantastic. I love those movies. Um, and the first Avengers movie was very well done. And um, Captain America, Winter Soldier, that movie is awesome. I saw that in theaters. I might have to go back and watch that one, but I, I'm pretty sure I enjoyed it when I watched it. Yeah, it's it's very different than a lot of the other stuff because it was had a lot of spy elements to it, and it was just very very cool and unique among the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, so like for me, the comic book movies, you know when I like them the most, and this is gonna make me sound a little bit like I, I like when the bad guys win. And not even because the bad guys win, but because it's unexpected, you know? Yeah. So the the first, what was it? The first, What's the last Avengers um, called? Avengers, Avengers Endgame? What's the second? Uh, Endgame, yep. Is that the one where, where people disappear? What's the one where people disappear? Infinity War. Okay, Infinity War. So like, it was unexpected. Oh, yeah, that's another good one too, yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Those two I actually enjoyed, and it was because it looked like you couldn't overpower Thanos, right? Like he was just – how could you beat him? The only way you could beat him is if uh, – Everybody came together like right. in, a specific, in a specific way. Yeah, and even then it was like I don't like that. that I mean I, I guess Iron Man died in that, right? Is that what happened? In the uh, in Endgame, he died in Endgame, yeah. Endgame, yeah. So if you guys haven't seen that for some reason yet, sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. uh, Iron Full Man dies. Spoiler alert for <laughs> yeah. quite a few things. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening to a podcast about movies, you know, you can't really be mad at us for spoiling anything because we're going to talk about them. Yeah, it's uh, your fault, guys. Not our yeah. fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please listen to the second episode. We will. Yes, please. We need it. <laughs> Uh, so I guess we got a little bit off track there, but I did take some notes down from what you said. So you didn't like the third Dark Knight, and that's a topic that we can discuss on a later episode because that's interesting. That's one of my more favorite movies there with Bane in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we can definitely discuss that on a future episode. Um, We're still not done with Snatch, though, believe it or not. Yep. Um, so I mentioned I liked Frankie Four Fingers. Uh, Mickey was cool. I liked Dennis Farina. I liked Bullet Tooth Tony. I like I liked his little you know his little story there how he became Bullet Tooth Tony. He got what yeah. he, got, he got shot six times. He got shot once in the teeth or something like that. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, and he's got the two gold teeth. Like he was a pretty badass character, I thought. Yeah, uh, and he was very funny too. He got some great lines. Yeah. What What did he say? So Farina. Uh, I keep calling him Farina. In the movie, his name is Avi. He goes, so what yeah. should I call you? Tony? Bullet? <laughs> Tony? He goes, you can call me Susan for all I care. 
<laughs> like he just didn't give a shit. Call me whatever you want, dude. Yeah, great character. And then uh, when they're they're asking that one guy a question, I can't remember what it was when they're in the car, and he yeah. locks his head in the window. <laughs> and he keeps driving, dragging the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If I was that guy, I don't know if I could have lasted that long. I probably, would, you know, I would have been dragging by my neck. Yeah. But, wouldn't have been. Bad scene. Bad scene for sure. Yeah. I, I like when Farina goes, man, you could have been a little bit more subtle at that, huh? <laughs> oh, good part. Good character. Favorite scene in the movie. Did I ask you that already? I don't think so. No. Okay. So favorite scene. Um, That's a good one. Let me think. I think for the revenge factor, I think I really enjoyed when um, Mickey's friends show up and uh, kill Bricktop and his guys, and also kill Bricktop and his guys at um, the campsite, too. Yep. You kind of think that, I mean, the first time I was watching it, actually, it's like, oh, God, all these main characters that we follow are all going to die. But then... The Irish guys, they open up the car door and shoot Bricktop and his uh, henchman next to him. It's like, oh, shit, that's a cool twist. Yeah. Bricktop's like, he's he's an easy guy to hate just because with those stupid, like, those big bottle Coke glasses, you know? Yep. And he's just such a dick to everybody, even <laughs> the guys who, like, work under him. He's like, oh, you, you're thinking now? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, should stop doing that. Yeah. What did he say? You remember when they're wrapping uh, Tyrone and his guys up and they're getting ready to feed him to the pig? Somebody said something to him. Was that the Was that the scene? Did he actually said that? I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, it's it's such a fast paced, like snappy dialogue that there's like throughout the movie that it's really easy to kind of forget exactly what's said unless yeah, like true. you just watch the movie. Yeah, and if you guys have watched snatch out there make sure you know when we post the episode to comment on uh, on the links and and let us know if you watched it like let's discuss the movie together yeah absolutely <laughs> really fun movie to watch i think for my favorite scene i'd have to agree you know the, the whole and here's the thing with guy Ritchie's movies like they all kind of build to that one specific scene like you know it's coming when's it going to be and what's going to happen and when it finally does, you're like, oh, shit, like, here it comes, you know. And when when they all get revenge on Bricktop and his men, you know, it's it's it was an awesome part, awesome scene. Yep. I also kind of like the first time Mickey, um, he screwed him over. When when Bricktop's walking back and he's got to answer to those guys and he goes, oh, I'll, I'll pay you back. Like, I'm, I know I'm in it. Like, I, I'm stained. I'm good for it, whatever, right? That random guy walks up. And he gets in his face and he, and he grabs him and he goes, when I when I give a dog a bone, I don't want to know if it tastes good, you know. And he's kind of <laughs> yeah. like, don't ever stop me when I'm walking again. I, like I, he was embarrassed, you know, like he looked like anybody else would in that situation. Yep. And I feel like throughout the, the, the course of the movie until that point, he kind of looked like this big bad guy. He could do whatever he wants. He's always in control. And here comes Brad Pitt, you know, the little the little trailer park uh, pikey screws him over and he looks like he just looks like a regular guy now walking doing his walk of shame down the aisle yeah yeah put him down a few pegs a little bit because prior to that he was just big bad scary dude who was a dick to everybody yeah yeah so i thought that was an interesting scene you know because uh he was like he was like the guys that have to come answer to him 
that you know are, that look because you know in the movie they said once you owe him you're in his pocket and yep. now he owes he's going around telling everybody the fight's fixed you know bet this guy bet that guy and he gets screwed over and now he looks like a douche so uh, for me I, I enjoyed that part what else do we have for snap so let's talk a little bit about what you had here i mean guy Ritchie, uh awesome director is he one of your favorites Actually, no, but some of his movies, like Snatch, I really, really enjoy because there are others that I've seen where it's a bit too much style over actual substance. Mm -hmm. But in Snatch, those two elements combine and they're just perfectly intertwined. Where, like, the directing, it's kind of fast paced, kinetic. The camera's kind of going all over the place, but uh, it just brings a certain dynamic that really resonated with me. And um, and again, the, the script, it's just so snappy and it's so densely plotted, but it's not so complicated to follow that you're, you're just throw your hands up in the air. What the hell is happening? It's... <laughs> I mean, he's taking you through it step by step and peeling back the layers of the story as it goes along. And that, those two things, I mean, his writing and directing for this movie were some of the best work he's ever done. Yeah, that's why I recommended we watch this movie because it's one of my favorites for sure. So, one of your favorites. So, let's get to our, I was going to save it till the end. We're about... 45 minutes in here man time flies by man when you say snatch is one of your favorites do you have like a handful of movies off the, they don't have to be your specific top five we'll get to your specific top five maybe in the coming episodes because that's a that's a big deal you know yeah. on a movie podcast your top five needs to be legit like it can't be off the top of your head type thing right like exactly if, if you're a movie guy your top five's got to be legit so we're going to get to that in a future episode, guys. But off the top of your head, Ted, you mentioned Snatch is one of your favorites. Can you rattle off two or three more that come to mind? Shawshank Redemption is oh, one yeah. of my favorites. Um, the Godfather, fantastic movie. Love it. I will always, if I have time, I'll set aside time to watch that movie. Um, even The Godfather 2, I really enjoy um, another one. Oh man, my mind's drawing blank right now. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. Like when people go, "What's your top five? It's like, well, let me think about this for a second because I've seen a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and for me, it's kind of like, all right. So I I have Italian heritage. I was I grew up watching a lot of the gangster movies, and you know, whenever Godfather was on growing up, it was like, okay, this is what we're watching tonight, you know, and it's on, when it's on TV with the commercials, it's like a five-hour movie, right? Yeah, that's just, that's just too much. Yeah, so like, uh, like 18-year-old, 19-year-old Jim, if, if there's a, I think there's actually a Godfather, uh, what the hell is it called, a Godfather, uh, marathon in the summertime, where for some reason. Yeah, it's reason, on like AMC, right? Yeah, and it's it's like such a like a jerk thing to do by AMC because once if I see uh, Godfather one two three coming on, I'm like, well, I guess I'm not getting much done today, you know? Because <laughs> it's like 15 hours worth of TV. Even though number three, I, I don't really um see. Here's the thing about number three, 
I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah. It's just not anywhere close to one or two. You know? You know, that's the reason that I never watched that movie. I've never seen Godfather 3. Because I have just heard that it's nowhere close to as good as the first two. I was just like, well, if that's the case, why should I even watch it? I mean, it's true. I've, I've, so Godfather 1 and 2, I've seen countless amount of times. Yeah. The third one, maybe twice. And like, I've tried to watch it with an open mind. And I'm like, well, how can I enjoy this movie? Because what you hear are negative things. And I feel like once you hear negative things about something, you're expecting negative. You know, so I've tried to watch it with an open mind. Mm. And it's like, well, this movie on its own is okay. But connecting it to Godfather 1 and 2 is not fair at all because it's just so far behind it's like a far 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 third it should never have been made really yeah that's that's what i've heard that's exactly what people have been telling me like you shouldn't watch it it's it's decent but it's not anywhere close to the first two right yeah because because everyone you know you expect the first two but it's just not so it's a shame but yeah those two so what I was going to say, so I kind of have like a, a Hall of Fame list for movies here. And this would be a fun thing to do on future shows too. Um, so what I do for my Hall of Fame is I retired movies from my top five. <laughs> and oh, okay. so because if, if I kept them in my top five, they're, they're like my no brainer. Like, oh, my favorite movies. Like, have you ever seen Raging Bull? Yeah, I have seen Raging Bull. That for the longest time, dude, that was my number one all-time favorite movie. Like it gave me, uh, like all the feels while watching it. Cause uh, it's gonna sound weird, but I I felt like I could kind of, like the younger version of Jim could somehow resonate with the main character, yeah, of, J- of Jake LaMotta. So when I, when I would watch it, I found myself getting angry at the character, and then you know seeing what he's what he's going through and all that kind of, you know, I would get angry, then feel sad, and then. You know, the story doesn't necessarily end happy. So it's like, I just enjoy the movie. And the fact that it's in black and white and Joe Pesci's in it, I love it. Yeah, man, that is a great movie. It is, uh, for me, it's one of those where, yeah, I can't watch this again. Because it's just so brutal. It's tough it's to dark. watch. It's it's a great movie. But my gosh, it's hard watch. Yeah, yeah, you uh, so like Taxi Driver too. Oh yeah, Taxi Driver I enjoyed as well. Yeah, he played a very good role in that movie. Yeah, but that that's one I've only seen maybe twice though. Yeah, it's just so so dark. Joker, that's another one too. But yeah, go ahead. You were saying. Nah, so so Joker's like in my top ten. The 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 most recent one or the the Dark Knight uh, Joker. Well, the most recent one is. Along the lines of Taxi Driver and Raging Bull for me, where, wow, after watching the movie, this was very, very well done. And I kind of don't want to watch this again, just because this yeah. <laughs> kind of makes me want to curl up in a ball and cry. <laughs> <laughs> and so I appreciate movies like that. Like, seeing the... So I like to try to get into characters' minds, right? And I think if you don't do that, you're seeing... um you know, the movie takes place, uh, I can't even remember now. I want to say maybe in the 50s, 60s. Uh, I, I can't remember 
when Jake LaMotta was around at the moment, but yeah, yeah. Um, takes place in New York and uh, it's in black and white. So it's, it's made to look like an older movie. Um, the, he goes through a lot of mental struggle, Jake LaMotta, Robert De Niro's character. And if you don't understand that, you're watching a totally different movie, right? Oh, yeah. So to really appreciate the movie, you have to feel and kind of see things the way the main character is seeing and feeling things. And he kind of plays like the typical alpha male, like doesn't feel feelings, is not going to listen to anybody. He's going to do his own thing no matter what. He's going to make his own way. And you can't tell him any different because he knows best. And it's it's like his own stubbornness and, you know, you could even say stupidity is is what does him in in the end, you know, because in his mind, he he wants to do things the right way and he just ends up hurting everybody around him. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, most importantly, I guess, is he's hurting himself. Uh, and you really see that come to fruition at the end. It's really an amazing movie. Yeah, self-destruction at its Ab- peak pretty much. Absolutely, dude. And I don't mean to take things this way, but like uh, younger Jim could resonate with that a big time, like self-sabotage type type stuff and self-destruction. Really a shame. But there are some classic lines in that movie that uh, that came from it. Have you ever seen the uh, <laughs> the Flintstones? Uh, they, they put in the, the Raging Bull lines into the Flintstones uh, memes or videos. Have you seen those? No, that sounds like fun, though. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm going to have to find them, and uh, I'll send them to you after the show. I crack up every time. Nice. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, Raging Bull is kind of like retired out of my top five. I retired The Godfather out of there. Or else my top five would always, it would be impossible for a new movie to crack my top five, you know, because those are like the goats. Yep. So yeah, some movies that come to mind for me, I really enjoy Inception. I like, uh, their name's going to escape me now. You can help me out. I like Inception. I like the one with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Why can't I think of it? Oh, Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah. Can you remember the name of the director? Because it was... A, oh, it was... Uh, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. He did the Batman mo- or the Dark Knight movies as well. Yep. He, he's one of my favorites. So we could do like a whole show on directors at some point here. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm writing down topics as we go. Just give me one second. What else do you got here? Did, uh, did I miss anything that you wanted to bring up uh, for, for a snatch? Let me see. I had some notes too. Where did I put those? Take your time. Yeah, we pretty much covered um, most of it. I mean, what was cool about the story was it wasn't just small-time boxing promoter kind of gets in deep with a gangster he doesn't really want to get in deep with, but it was also about a stolen diamond. And uh, it's pretty cool how those two separate plot threads intertwined and at the end, how they unexpectedly combined. Yeah. That's one of my, or that's one of the reasons that this is one of my favorite movies. It's just because in lesser hands, this could have been a mess. But Guy Ritchie really hit it out of the park with this. And it coalesces into a cohesive film that uh, I always love watching because it's just great. Yeah. So. Snatch, number one, our first movie reviewed on Jim and Ted's Excellent Movie Adventure. 
Um, let's move into a different topic here. And we uh, we kind of kind of sprung this on you at the last second. Because um, although we both love movies, we, al- we also both love music. And since there are not going to be any shows or live concerts for couple more months hopefully not too much longer hopefully everything kind of goes back to normal and we could take care of the you know the virus and whatnot what what are some memories that you have from past concerts and also what's the best concert the best band that you've ever seen live okay so uh favorite memories from past concerts um hmm. i wouldn't say they're favorite memories but there are some stories just some things happened at some shows that were just hilarious and also terrifying so (laughs) i saw um incubus in jersey with some of my friends and uh we were like in the lawn area at the pnc bank something or other and uh you've heard you've heard of incubus um the song interstellar right oh yeah Okay, so that song's playing, and like a couple rows ahead of us, there are these girls, and there's this guy in between them. Um, the girl on the left, and it's obvious that that's like her boyfriend. She's holding his hand and everything, and um, the girl on the right of him is like grabbing his ass and everything. And and, the, and his girlfriend who was left notices that, and she's like, "Bitch, I'm gonna <laughs> kill you." <laughs> they get into a fight and uh during interstellar which i mean if listeners don't know that song it is very relaxing just kind of like a chill song and these two girls just are totally drunk and just get into a fight and uh they had to get escorted out by security it was wild that's insane. And was this like, because uh, PNC, it used to be called like the Tweeter and stuff, right? It's just, I'm thinking of the same spot in Camden, right? No, it wasn't in Camden. Um, but yeah, one? I know what you're talking about. The Tweeter really? Center. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what the, um, what whatever the Camden Amphitheater is called now, I forget. Uh, but, uh, I always called the Tweeter. I can't remember what the hell it is now. You know what I think? It's Susquehanna, maybe. Susquehanna Bank Center. Or is that yeah, the way the devil's play? Right. I can't remember. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, that was that was pretty wild. I mean, the the show itself is great. Um, I'd recommend anybody seeing Incubus if you can. But uh, I've actually yeah. never seen them live, believe it or not. You know, it's funny. I um, I'm always kind of hesitant to go see a band live because so many times they're nowhere near as good as they are in studio and incubus is one of those bands where you don't really have to worry about that because like they just sound great and they bring dimensions to the songs from the studio and just add some extra stuff to them and it's just a really cool experience i'd recommend it yeah they're one of those bands i listened to growing up and they i don't know they had some heavy songs, like heavier songs. Like they were one of the, I guess, heavier bands I listened to growing up. Like uh, I don't know if they're classified as heavy. You know, like they're yeah, rock. The first right? couple albums, there was some heavy stuff like Science and um, Make Yourself. Oh yeah, 
For sure. Yeah. So I, I think I, I listened to them throughout my childhood, I guess when I was 12, 11, 12 13, 14. And I, I still enjoy them. So I have to see them because they're getting up there a little bit, right? Yeah, I think they're probably at least late 30s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up, man, because I, you know who else I didn't think was that old? The Chili Peppers. They're old. <laughs> yeah, they're from like the early 80s when they started. Yeah. I never saw them either, but like growing up, like they were always on the radio, I felt I feel like. Yeah. When Californication came out in particular, you couldn't really turn on the radio without hearing any of those singles. <laughs> it's so true, man. Every time he turned it on, it was a different one. A yeah. different song off Californication. So true. Yeah, it was such a big album. Yeah. And what's funny is outside of the singles, at least to me, I thought I think that album sucks. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much filler. Honest review right there. You know, I don't. I, I've only heard the songs on the radio, so I wouldn't know actually. Yeah. Chili Pet. Then they have one. They had another one after that, I believe, that I can't remember. Hang on, let me look that up because it sounded a lot different than Californication. Real Chili Peppers. It came out in the summertime. I remember that. Yeah, I think it was a double album. I just forget the name of it. Here we go. It wasn't, by the way, it wasn't Stadium Arcadium. Or was it? Damn, they had a lot of albums. I did not know they had this many. Yeah, was it was, by the way, that came out after Californication. Okay, I'm thinking it might be... Come on, where's the list of songs here? Yep, it was Stadium Arcadium. Because I remember Snow. hey Yep. Uh, yeah, that's the Yeah, Chili Peppers. They had some good freaking songs, man. Yeah, Definitely. If you didn't know by now, I listen to a little bit of, uh, I listen to some heavier music, uh, bands like Fit for uh, an Autopsy, Fit for a King, The Artist Murder, bands like that. Uh, recently, though, I've gotten into a band. Somebody suggested them to me, actually, and tell me if you've heard of them, Ted. Have you heard of Dance, Gavin Dance? I've heard of them. I don't think I've actually heard them, though. So... You might enjoy them. They they yell a little bit, but they're okay. they ha- they have they're more melodic than than I think screamy because when you hear scream you're like, ah, "I don't know if that's my cup of tea." But uh, I shared one of their songs on Instagram and somebody messaged me saying, "Oh, they sound just like Maroon 5." And I'm like, "Holy shit." Like imagine Maroon 5 but like with a little bit of yelling in it, you know? Oh, that's they're, wild. They're really they're really interesting, and I haven't. It's been a week. I've been listening to them for a week straight, and that's kind of what I do. Is when I find a new band I like, I'll listen to one album for like a month, and then I'll move on to the next one. I love when I find new bands because it's like an end. Like you, when you find out they have like five and six albums, it's like a it's like a treasure trove. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, yeah, if you guys are listening, uh, check out Dance Gavin Dance. If you ha- if you've already heard of them, you know. Sorry, I'm late to the the. DGD bandwagon, but I friggin' love that band. I actually heard them growing up, and I was put off by the singer's voice because he kind of has that high-pitched voice. Um, and I'm not typically a fan of that when, I, when I'm looking for like heavier music. So yeah. I kind of just discounted them. But I went back and listened to them off somebody's recommendation, and I can't stop now. They're so, so good. I'm going to give them a... 
I had to check them out for sure. There you go. Who uh, who are you listening to these days? It's pretty different than what we've talked about so far, but uh, Run the Jewels. They're a rap band um, with LP and Killer Mike. They recently just came out with an album that's uh, Run the Jewels 4. It is. It kind of hits like a sledgehammer a little bit. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it kind of talks a lot about um, a lot of the stuff that's going on with the protests, but not necessarily exactly what a lot of the protests going on right now are about. Just kind of resonates with that a little bit. Um, if you like kind of thinking man's rap, that's uh, something for you to listen to. Interesting. And um, I've been listening to, to a lot of Weezer lately. Love Weezer, dude. <laughs> yeah, they were the first band I ever saw. And the cool thing about that concert was at the time rivers the lead singer mentioned that the concert we went to was the largest weezer concert to date get the hell out of here where was this at it was at the tweeter center in um 2002 or actually yeah, yeah 2002 actually no that was the second band that i saw first band i saw was uh blink 182 oh my god even better year before also at the tweeter center but yeah, man, um, just been listening to the Blue Album a lot. For some reason, it's just like, you know what? I'm going to listen to the Blue Album again from Weezer. Weezer is the perfect band to just hang out with some friends and throw back a couple of beers. I don't know if you... Do you drink, Ted? Nah. Yeah, me neither. But uh, if I did... <laughs> that would we, be the band to do it. Weezer, yeah, I mean, when I, when I used to drink, uh, you know, Weezer was just the perfect band, just... Nice, chill, good, good, good vibes, chill songs, and throw back a couple of cold beers, whatever, and just just party. Yeah, for sure. Good summertime band too. Like, so maybe that's why, maybe that's why you're throwing them on, dude. Perfect time to put them on. Yeah. Maybe. How about yourself? What else besides uh, dance, Gavin, and dance? So typically, I I go to see heavier bands play. Uh, the last show that i went to i went to a bunch of winter shows but i saw uh, i don't know if you've heard of the devil wears prada. i don't know if you're into any of that the heavier heavier scene i mean i've watched uh the devil wears prada they used to be one of my favorite bands but they they kind of the devil wears prada yeah like the movie yeah yeah they're um they're a hardcore band right yeah yep yeah they kind of switched up their style a little bit i guess they're like so here's the thing that i learned when bands say that they're coming out with a more mature sound, <laughs> yeah. it means they're totally changing their style up. And that's kind of what they did. You know, I got into them when they were more screamo and kind of all over the place with random breakdowns and whatnot. Yeah. And now they're kind of like more structured and they sound great. Don't get me wrong. It's just not what I'm used to with them. So I, I think I'm still kind of getting used to it. Um, but they were the last band that I saw live. I think that was back in December or January. Uh, who else did I see? I saw a bunch of bands. Falling in Reverse, uh, I saw a while back. I saw Fit for a King. Uh, I have a fr- uh, friend, Mike. He actually is in a band. Let me let me get his name up here real quick. Because I've been trying to get him on to podcast. 
And he he's like he keeps giving me the cold shoulder whenever I ask him about his band. And now I'm not gonna be able to find them. Watch, hang on. <laughs> but uh, he is buddies with the bassist in Fit for a King, so he was able to get us backstage to watch the show, which was cool because it was friggin' hot that night and uh, we didn't have to stand in the crowd. So I saw Fit for a King. I think that was back in December too. Nice. And a uh, cool band that p- some people might be into. They're they're kind of like they they sing about like horror movies and stuff like that, and uh, they wear Halloween props and and whatnot. And what's cool about their shows is everyone kind of dresses up like it's Halloween. So, like while oh, wow. they're playing, I'm standing in the crowd and I'm standing next to a guy dressed as it. And for some reason, he had brought his son. <laughs> which I always kind of am. I feel two ways when I see people bring their kids to hardcore and metal shows. I'm like, okay, that's friggin' cool. And that kid's poor ears, right? Yeah, his poor ears. Oh, man. <laughs> so the kid's dressed in like a Georgie outfit. Like he's got the yellow raincoat on and he's holding the little paper boat. I'm like, okay, this is weird. And then the band, <laughs> <laughs> and then the band comes out and everyone's just screaming and they're all happy. And the, the band's called Ice Nine Kills. So if, if you guys haven't heard of them, check them out. They put on a, pr- a really good show. They're really, uh, what's the word for, uh, I guess they're they're showmen as well. They they put on a good show as well as, you know, playing music. Uh, there's a, they're, they created a genre, and I forget what the genre is, but it's like, uh, hang on, let me look it up real quick, because if, if I'm going to talk about it, it better be right, All right? There you go. Ice Nine Kills. Uh, it looks like they're classified as a metalcore band from Boston. I, and I hate when bands are from Boston because they're always good. <laughs> like, I, I hate when anything good comes from Boston. Heavy metal, symphonic metal, melodic hardcore, post-hardcore. It was something weird like show metal or something like that. Cinem- cinematic metal. You know how they just always throw genres out there and, sh- and stuff like that. So yeah, but that's like that's one of my main things that I do is I go to shows when I need something to do and with the, with no sports and no music, I guess I have more time to watch movies. Same. Right? Is there anything that we forgot to mention in the show? Uh, or, or anything that you'd like to mention in episode 110? Um I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of bases. Yeah, we really did. I can't believe we're over an hour into this show. I could keep going. Yeah. Let me just go through my notes real quick here. I think we got everything. So if you guys are listening, before we wrap up, we want to ask you guys, what are some of your favorite movies? And if we can, at least for, for Jim's sake, can we avoid <laughs> can we avoid Western movies, please? and potentially horror movies because i don't know about you ted but i I live by myself and i don't really do too well watching horror movies with someone let alone by myself the only way i'm going to be able to watch a horror movie is if i have someone watching them with me and even then it's like i I don't know how much i can pay attention to this Uh, (laughs) you know so what about you are you a big western guy can you watch a western movie I mean, I could watch it, um, but it has to be good. The story has to be good. If it isn't, then I'm just going to get bored. Yeah. 
And I don't even know if this one can count as uh, a Western movie. And, of course, now that I'm thinking of it, I, I forget the name. It's not There Will Be Blood, but it came out around the same time. Uh, no Country for Old Men? Yes. One of my favorite movies, too. Oh, excellent movie. One Isn't of my it? favorites, for sure. We're going to have to put that on the list. Let me write that down. Because I, I I'll watch that anytime, uh, anytime it's on or anytime I, if it comes on Netflix or whatever, i got to watch it. Yeah, it's... One of my favorites, for sure. All right, so that's on the list. We still have the list that you that you DM'd. Um, yeah, guys, send us some of your favorites, if you can. Hold up, hold the westerns and the and the horror, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll check out some of your favorite flicks. Uh, next episode, we're gonna try to get our top five, and uh, we'll announce the next movie that we're gonna watch before the episode. So. Yeah, if there's nothing else you want to add in here at the end, Ted, we'll wrap up. Nah, man. We covered it all. That's going to do it for episode one of Jim and Ted's Excellent Movie Adventure. I hope you guys like the name. Ted came up with that one. Yes. I feel like it's perfect. It's fitting. For sure. Yeah, we're going to take you guys for a ride. It's going to be a roller coaster, but it's going to be a ride. So we're going to wrap up. Thanks for checking out the first episode, guys, and hopefully you tune in for the second one. Take care.
Catharsis is beautiful.